Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Heaven and earth adores Him. The song says, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adores Him. Somebody shout, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. I was, I was in this area during the year, just somewhere during around COVID season, post-COVID, that Bobby Wade, who I believe is a prophet of the Lord, prophesied to our ministers about Brother Nathaniel Stalling's father, Brother Dale Stalling, was going to walk out of the hospital. I was there when it was touch and go, and he was on a ventilator, and there wasn't really much hope for him. But he's here tonight. Brother Dale Stallings here tonight. Everything was against him. But when somebody declares the power of God, something starts happening. There's miracles in the building. There's healing in the building. Oh, clap your hand and shout. Come on, if that was your husband, if that was your dad, what would you do? Somebody ought to lift him up. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody needs to thank the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Somebody shout hallelujah. Remain standing and grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke chapter 16. My voice is weak tonight. But I have a word from the Lord for you this evening. Amen, amen. I give honor to everybody that's here that serves in other cities. First, I wanna give honor to our pastoral team, which pastors in anchor churches in other cities, amen. I appreciate them. Would you give all of our pastors a hand? that are here tonight and their wives and their families. I want to say to each and every one of you, thank you for taking on the burden of a city. Abraham, with desperation, knew what God was getting ready to do and the wrath of God upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, spare the city. If there's 50 righteous, spare the city. We have sent elders, tremendous men and women of God to these cities that are pleading with God because judgment is coming. We talk a lot about the mercy of God, but we forget there's a part of God that is the wrath of God. Judgment is coming. I want you to tell your neighbor, judgment is coming. We don't hear it often, but every one of you are going to stand before God and give account for your life. You're going to give account for your works, your spirit. Every single one of us will stand before God. He's going to open the books and we're going to be judged according to our works, according to the word of the Lord. Tonight, my heart is heavy. The Lord has spoken to me a word for this service particularly. And... uh, I've got to pull myself together to be preaching. Can't hardly 
get up off the floor because the burden I feel tonight. Because if statistics are real, some of you that I preach to are going to go to hell if you don't repent. You're going to be lost in an eternity of hell if you don't get your heart right with God. I stand between you and eternity tonight. I've felt this before. I have preached meetings where I felt this and people walk right out of the church and die. In the judgment of God. Tonight, I haven't come to make you feel right. I've come to get you right with God. Can I plead with somebody? Don't go to hell. There's too many good opportunities to go to heaven. Don't choose hell. Don't choose sin. Can I say before I preach, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to burn for eternity. There's streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper and no more dying, no more pain and no more suffering and no more sorrow. He said, I'll go and prepare a place for you. And if I do that, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. And he says, also he's coming back in a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And tonight, I come with a door, opportunity, that you can reject or enter. You can open or leave it closed. But tonight is somebody's night to make a choice to live God for God or to choose the world that's lost. And in Luke 16, I'll read one verse and let you be seated. Luke 16 and 23, speaking of the rich man, the story of rich man and Lazarus. It simply says, and in hell, and in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torment in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom all while he was in hell he could see what he could have had where he could have been and what he could have done Tonight, from one verse, I'd like to preach to you on simply. From a view of eternity. From a view of eternity. Open your heart and ask God to speak to you before you're seated.
you may be seated. Before you judge me, I read from the red writing of Jesus that he's the one that tells the story. Today, you'll find in the text a description about two different individuals. You'll find it starts by saying there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He seemingly had it all together. He was rich. He seemed to have everything he needed. There was nothing in his world that he lacked. It would appear certainly that he's blessed. Not only is he blessed, but he's too blessed. He's too comfortable to see the reason for his existence. He's got it all. And while he has it all every day, it says in verse 20 that there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate and he was full of sores. He didn't have it all together. As a matter of fact, it seemed he lacked. But it does say that he was begging him. One study says, and Bishop Ferris preached so powerfully on the obstacles to hell. Because it says in verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. It appears that this rich man, every day that he gets up, he's got more than he needs. His life is comfortable. And every day he opens his door there's a man by the name of Lazarus that's begging him for what he has. He seems to be lacking. He's the one that seems that doesn't have it all together and he's begging this man that he would do what he would do every other day. He'd just put his leg over him and he'd go about his way forgetting about this man that's begging him for help. May I remind every single one of you on your way to hell, God always gives you a Lazarus. He is an obstacle between you and eternity. And he's begging you to change some things in your life. There is a song that was written that a boy in elementary school told me about many years ago. And it was called The Highway to Hell. I looked at Jamie on the kickball field. We were probably playing football. Those days, my mom, she'd say, boy, you can't wear your good clothes to school anymore because you come back with torn knees every single time. She'd put my old clothes on me because sometime during the day we were going to play football. It was one of those days that I looked at Jamie. It might have been the fifth grade. And I said, Jamie, will you go to church with me? He said, oh, no, I don't want to go to church with you. He said, I want to go to hell. I said, why? Why do you want to go to hell? He said, cause rock stars are going to be in hell. It's going to be a big party and I can't wait to go to hell. And there was a song in that day and time by ACDC and it's a full of lies, but it says a living easy, living free, a season ticket 
on a one-way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason, don't need rhyme. Ain't nothing I'd rather do. Going down party time. My friends are gonna be there too, yeah. I'm on the highway to hell, they sing. On the highway to hell. Highway to hell, I'm on the highway to hell. No stop signs or speed limit. Nobody's gonna slow me down. Like a wheel, gonna spin it. Nobody's gonna mess me around. Hey, Satan, I paid my dues. Playing in a rock band. Hey, mama, look at me. I'm on my way to the promised land. I'm on the high way to hell. Can I tell you, there's some music shouldn't play in our homes. There's some movies shouldn't play in our houses. It's a doctrine of devils and our children don't need it. Our children don't need to hear that trash, that false doctrine that it's okay to go to hell. Well, high way to hell. What he doesn't tell you is what hell is really like. Because when the rich man died, you'll find that he entered into eternity. And in moments, it didn't take years to figure out he had made a bad decision. It only took mere seconds when he went from this earth into that horrible place called hell. The Bible says hell, which is beneath, where is hell? Hell, which is beneath hell. You'll find when Korah and those men came against the prophet Moses, and they came against him and his two, two men with him and those 250 priests that followed their wrong direction going against the man of God. And God got sick of it. And God said, Moses pulled everybody's side and he said, who's on the Lord's side? And Moses pulled the children of Israel and Korah and his two compadres and that 250 priests that went with him were there. And the Bible says that hell opened, earth opened up its mouth. When hell opened up its mouth, the flame come up out of that crack and, and it, 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 it dropped Korah, Moses' cousin, dropped Korah and those two men down into the pit of the earth. When it did, after they fell down into the pit, there was a flight, there was a fire that came up out of there that licked up those like out of the tongue, out of a frog's mouth, pulled them in and jerked them down. There was a flame of fire that pulled them down somewhere into the earth. I come to tell you today, you don't have to go to hell. It's not a place that you want to go to. They tell me one poem written years ago titled The Horrors of Hell. Hell is the prison house of despair. Here are some things that won't be there. I wonder what the rich man saw when he opened his eyes in hell. It said, here are some things that won't be there. No flowers will bloom on the banks of hell. No beauties of nature we love so well. No comforts of home, music, or song. No friendship or joy will be in that throng. No children to brighten the long weary night. No love nor peace nor one ray of light. No mercy nor pity, pardon nor grace. No water. Oh God, what a terrible place. The 
pangs of the lost no human can tell. No moments of ease, there's no rest in hell. Hell, the prison house of despair. Here are some things that will be there. Fire and brimstone are there, we know, for God in his word has told us so. Memory, remorse, suffering and pain, weeping and welling, but all in vain. Blasphemers, swearers, and haters of God. Sinners, he refused to be washed in the blood. Christ rejecters, while on earth they trod. Murderers, gamblers, drunkards, and liars will have their part in the lake of fire. The filthy, the vile, the cruel and mean. What a terrible mob in hell will be seen. Yes, more than humans on earth can tell are the torments and woes of eternal hell. I preach to you tonight with everything that's within me. We're not just churchgoers and just walking through some American culture of religiosity. I come to preach to you that somebody's got to make up in your mind tonight. I'm not going to spend my eternity in the torment of hell because Calvary is a place came to set me free. Amen. I don't have to die and go to hell. I can live in eternity with heaven with him one day. I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to hell. I wish somehow, I wish somehow I could convince Jamie in that moment. It's not what you think it is. It's not a sideshow. It's not a backstage event with all popular people of Hollywood, popular people of pop culture. That's not what it's going to be. It's not a party. The Bible says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says there in hell. The Bible says, tells us that it's where the worm dieth not. And when you look what happens when he sees hell, how many believe there is a literal hell? Come on, how many believe there's a little literal hell? There's more to this than him giving you a nice car and a nice job and a nice house. There's more to this than prosperity and good emotions. There's an eternity we gotta get a hold of tonight. I don't wanna go to hell. I don't wanna go to hell. There's more to this than just having more and living better. There's an eternity. He spoke more about hell than he did heaven. He told us about gnashing of teeth. How many times did he say they shall be cast out into the lake of fire? And when you look at this depiction of scripture, I realize you can find all kinds of theologians that want to tell you things to disqualify what he was saying. I do not believe this was a parallel or a proverb. I believe this is a reality that we can only know from God himself. And he said, let me tell you a story about a man that went to hell. He was a rich man. He had everything he needed. I placed at his door a beggar every day knocking on his door and asking him for what he has. He ignored the grace I gave him. He ignored and stepped over it every day and went his way. And as soon as he lifted his eyes in hell, I believe in the first few moments the torment that was there, he probably recognized the heat of the flames. Oh, but it was more than that. He could see eternity. That's our problem in 2022. We can't see eternity. 
You can see, you can see your job next week and your vacation you're going on. You can even see as far as your retirement package. When you retire, the day you retire, but there's more to this than retirement and a good life and a vacation. Can you see eternity? I'm preaching to you what he's put in my spirit tonight. <laughs> a burden of the Lord to stand between you and the decisions that you're making because in the view of eternity, in the view of eternity, you'll make different decisions. And that's what it says here. He lifted his eyes in hell, being in torments and seeth Abraham way off. He sees Abraham afar off and something that used to be at his doorstep is now a long ways away. Something that used to be so convenient, something that was laid at the door is now, is now a long ways away. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. It appears to me that what he could have had every day, he's longing for every day now. Every day that he woke up, there was a Lazarus. Could I tell you in that song, A Highway to Hell, it says there are no stop signs. Could I tell you, it's a lie. There are stop signs on your way to hell and it's called the church. It's called the church. You don't have to go to hell. That's why we're trying to put a church in every county in southeastern Ohio because every city needs a stop sign that says you don't have to go to hell. Every city needs a preacher that says you don't have to go to hell. Every city needs a soul winner that says you don't have to go to hell. Come here. Come here. You, you come here. Come here. I want you to lay down right there. Just, just, just lay down. Uh, maybe lay down a little bit different. I wish every city in southeastern Ohio had a, had a beggar named a preacher, had a beggar named Lazarus, had a beggar named Grace that was set right there that if they're going to hell, they have to walk by a passionate preacher, a passionate preacher's family. Come on, a passionate soul winner, a passionate church body, people that know how to door knock and invite and evangelize and say, there's something better than this. There's something better than this. Come on, how many believe there's another way? Our city doesn't have to go to hell. There's a better way. He can be seated. Thank you. He... He said, have mercy. I preach to you today that there's mercy in the room now, but there's no mercy in hell. He understood that every day that he got up, his mercies were renewed every morning, but he thought he had another day to get it, and another day to get it, and another day to get it. Could I tell you the first thing I learned about what he lifted his eyes up in hell and he saw is there's no mercy in hell. All of you in the building that are saying one of these days I'm going to go to the altar. One of these days I'll be baptized. One of these days I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. One of these days I'm going to start living according to his word. Remember there is a day that there is no more mercy. He realized then that there's no mercy. He said have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Would you send that man 
that begged every Sunday for me to go to the altar. Would you send that family member that called me every single week and asked me to go to church with them? Would you send that neighbor? Would you send that family member that prayed for me and covered me and said, Jesus loved me? Would you send them to me now? I need him now. I need him now. I didn't need him then. I just wanted to do my own thing, go my own way, live my own life. But now, Abraham! You just send him with a drop of water. All I need is just one, just one drop. It's been years. My, my tongue is parched. What you're going to find in hell is what you traded Christ for, you'll have a craving for that it will never be satisfied. Go ahead and trade him for that girlfriend. Go ahead and trade him for that boyfriend. Go ahead and trade him for that buddy that you know is leading you to hell. You'll find a craving for sensuality that'll never be satisfied. Go ahead and trade him for that job that you know is taking you away from the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, go ahead and trade him for those pills. Go ahead and trade him for that alcohol. Go ahead and trade him for that gambling and that cheating and that secret sin that nobody knows tonight that is there and you think you're okay because you can feel Lazarus still talking to you but there'll be a day you wake up, Lazarus is gone and there's no mercy and there's no turning around because you'll wake up in the pit of hell and you'll just say, I just wish I could feel God. I just wish I had one drop of water. I just wish there was something that could quench this thirsty soul. I just wish I had a desire. Could I tell you it's a place where the worm dies not. I do not believe that the wicked will perish and they'll just disappear and vanish. Oh no, you'll spend eternity forever and ever and ever and ever. And I come to preach you out of the pit. I come to preach you out of that temptation. I come to preach you out of the lie of the enemy and tell you, you don't have to go there. You can come out of that today. You can be free tonight. to drop just in it I'm begging you just to drop just, just one little drop there's nothing satisfying here it's a place of torment just just something young people you trading for that website trading for that video game secret video game trading for those movies on Netflix and Hulu YouTube channels you should have never subscribed to. You have a desire and a passion for it, but it'll never satisfy. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, none of that stuff's gonna satisfy on this earth anyhow. You don't need that stuff. You don't need, you don't need X-rated movies in your home. You don't need R-rated movies in your house. Somebody's gotta come out. Somebody's gotta come out and say, I'm not going to hell. I'm not falling to the temptations of sin. Why are you preaching like this, Pastor? Because I'm going to tell you how I feel. I feel I'm watching a whole line of people that are marching. 
marching in cultural orders because it feels good and that's where everybody's going in the direction. It's just a flow. Oh, they're laughing and jollying and deep down they're insecure and not happy. Oh, there's a cliff hanging over. I can see the old Bible study chart that I grew up on them preaching about the place to hell and there's a man at the edge of the cliff saying, don't go, don't go. Turn your life to the Lord. Turn your life around. I feel like the man at the edge of the cliff where people are just falling over and I'm trying to tell somebody it's not worth it. That bottle's not worth it. That friend's not worth it. That music's not worth it. That sin's not worth it. It's not worth it tonight. Come on, that unforgiveness is not worth it. That grudge is not worth it. The bitterness is not worth it. Somebody ought to jump to your feet and shout, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I stand tonight between you and eternity and you may be seated. Just dip the tip of his finger in the water. Cool my tongue. He said, for I am tormented in this flame. Not one moment's satisfaction. Not one moment. My dad used to say, God, if you can't get my attention, but whatever you do, don't let me go to hell. He said, strike my body with sickness dangle my feet over the flames and let me feel the heat. Turn me around, shake me, give me a crisis. Whatever you do, don't let me go to hell. Come on. Oh, we've lost the view of eternity. We lost the view of eternity. That's why some of you are looking at pornography because you've lost the view of eternity. That's why you got secret channels because you lost the view of eternity. That's why you got secret emails and secret phone numbers because you lost the view of eternity. That's why you don't obey your parents because you've lost the view of eternity. That's why my voice doesn't mean anything to some of you. Cry and plead and beg before God but my voice has zero influence in some of the saints I pastor now. I'm just Aaron. I'm just the boy with a southern accent to come up here and move my family. I'm no longer the man of God. I'm going to tell you why. Because you became callous to what the Lord has told me to preach to you for years. And it is calloused over and you no longer feel the pricking of the word of God. I tell you before the Lord, I haven't changed, you have. I haven't started preaching something new. I haven't lost one ounce of conviction. You just got used to me preaching and not obeying it and you're gonna be lost, you're gonna go to hell. There are gonna be people in judgment, Brother Sawyer. There are gonna be people in judgment, Brother Noah, that the Lord's gonna pull up at judgment and he's gonna stand them before him. He's gonna say, Aaron, come here. He's gonna say, I sent him to your door. I sent him to your city. Don't you remember? This is the message he preached to you. This was the warning he gave and you didn't respond. You were more about pleasing your friends than you were me. That night you rejected me and he's gonna pull up 
He's going to pull up, what is it, Matthew 12, I believe it is, might be John 12. The Bible says, the Bible says they believed his preaching, but they would not confess him for fear of what others would do or say. He said, if you reject me, I'll reject you in the judgment. Hey, I'm not here playing games tonight. I preach thousands of times in this city and people fold their arms and think about Taco Bell when I'm trying to get them in an altar right with God. I haven't come to play, I haven't come to be mean, but I come to warn you tonight, you better get a view of eternity or you're gonna be lost and your family's gonna be lost. Calloused. Calloused. Nobody in this building can say that I've ever compromised in 18 years of being here. You can drink out of your blessed houses that God has given you plenty. But you can't respond to the voice of Lazarus any longer. I come to you weeping tonight because there's more to this than driving a nice car, living in a nice house, having a nice job and going about your merry way but never making a difference. That's why some of you have not heeded to the call of God because you're ready to sow your wild oats and do your own thing and live your own life. But you hear this preacher, you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for what you did with your time, your talent, and your treasure. He's going to say, I didn't act, I, you remember when I called you, but you would rather have lived a little bit of your own life than to do my will. He's going to say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I don't even know who you are. I didn't say it. He said it. Do you realize how close we are to the coming of the Lord? And yet you can go home tonight and turn on movies that have sex scenes? Witchcraft? Perversion? Lying and cheating? You feel good. You say you sound mean. I'm not mean. I'm burdened. I'm burdened for somebody. You got junk in your life and God didn't approve of it and it used to bother you, but you overrode it because you got friends that said it's okay. Culture says it's okay. But I come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God's gonna renew your conviction tonight if you'll repent of your sins. God's gonna renew your conviction tonight and he's gonna give you an aware, awareness of eternity. Is there anybody here? I wish somebody would respond. I wish somebody would call on the Lord. I wish somebody would call on God. I wish somebody would break through the callous. I wish somebody would break through the wall. I wish somebody. It's of you. You can be seated. Abraham said, son, remember You don't lose your memory in hell. You will remember every sermon you ever heard preached. See, right now they want me to have the music to come and go because they're uncomfortable. And that's our problem. We built a life about being comforted. And the truth of the matter is the rich man needed to be afflicted. Well, I'm uncomfortable with you talking this way. 
I'd rather have you uncomfortable now and make the right decision than to be lost for eternity. There's going to be a revival that's going to sweep this area. It's going to sweep the Midwest. And it's not going to be because we're talented and good preachers and have nice decor and comfortable padded seats. It's not what's going to do it. It's going to do the fear of God. It's going to visit the church. And it's going to be what happened in Acts chapter 3, 4, and 5. There's going to become a great fear of God that's coming up on the church. And there will be a revival. I'm telling somebody, go home tonight and clean house. Go home tonight and get rid of the ungodly things and you're gonna see a breakthrough in your house, a breakthrough in your family, and a breakthrough in your children. I wish somebody would lift your voice right now in this building and call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> Come on, young man. Come on, elder that's about to throw in the towel. Repent. Somebody call on God tonight. You be seated. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Sad. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. I don't care how good it feels. If the Bible says it's sin, it's wrong. I don't care what the politicians say, I don't care what they legalize. If the Bible says it's sin. If it's not right with God, it shouldn't be right with us. Somebody say amen. I wish somehow I could preach hell so hot you could feel the flames. I wish somehow I could preach heaven so sweet you'd want to be there. This is not about a better life. This tonight is about eternal life. I preach mercy every Sunday. And I'm not so sure that we don't just kick it around. Like one young person, he said, let's go ahead and do this and we'll repent on Sunday night. There's a difference between sinning and willful sin. There's verses that haunt me. If the righteous are scarcely saved. If the righteous, if the Julies and the Sister Melix and the Mary Williams are scarcely saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Where are they going to be? Where are they going to be? The Bible says, he that committeth sin willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice. That, that terrifies me. Everybody's got to grow up. You're going to make mistakes. But you listen to this preacher. Just going out and sinning because you know there's grace. Better be careful. Just walk over it because you know it's available. 
Just walk over because kick it around. Well, we just, I'll just repent it. Church can't. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Come on, let's go ahead and do this. I'll, I'll, I'll just get right. I'll just go to church on Sunday. What are you going to do when you knock at the door and it's no longer there? And you can't feel repentance anymore. Because Esau sought repentance, but he couldn't find it. He sought it bitter with tears, but it was no longer there. Preaching to some of you that's playing games with your Holy Ghost. Because you can talk in tongues on Sunday and go sin on Tuesday. And you come back and talk in tongues on Sunday and you feel justified. You're not justified. That's mercy. Change your convictions about what you wear. Using cosmetics and things that you would have never done when you were right with God. But now you feel good about it. You're feeling prettier now because you fit more in now with the world in the way you're dressing than you do with the church people that you should be, amen, living according to the word. You believe that? Oh, yeah. Come out from the world and be you separate. I'm not trying to get a response tonight. I'm trying to get your heart where it needs to be. Changing things about what used to be such convictions such passions and all of a sudden it didn't bother you anymore. You know why? Because you're just taking Grace and Lazarus and kicking him out of the way. You're just, you're just pushing him out of the way. Uh, look at him up there tonight. Can you believe he's preaching like that? You better watch. Talking about the man of God. You better be careful. Speaking about the one. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. I come to you with great fear tonight that some of you are walking casually on the way to hell and you've been deceived by culture and your own disobedience. And the Lord sent me tonight to you under the fear of his word to tell you he's given mercy tonight. He's brought me here to wake you up and give you another opportunity to view eternity with you in it. And I say tonight, where are you gonna spend eternity? Because tonight might be your last day to make that choice. And I'm not gonna go eat pizza and go to bed knowing what he spoke to me unless you've heard what he's given me to give you. You don't have to go to hell. Come on, I feel this. The devil's had his way through every movie you watch, every music you listen to, and every friend he's sent in your world to demoralize you, to deceive you. But I come to wake you up in the name of Jesus. Wake up tonight. In the name of Jesus, come alive. In the name of Jesus, wake up. In the name of Jesus. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't go to hell. He said, son, remember that thou in thy life. Be seated a moment. Can I ask you a question? Why do you want to look like the world? Why do you want to fit in with people that are agnostics, perverts, haters of God and atheists? Why is it you're wanting to look like them instead of the bride of Christ? I'm going to tell you why. Because your heart's going the wrong direction. Whatever you get around is what you're going to become like. Whatever movies you watch, that's what you're going to appeal to. 
And some of you parents in this home, you better house, you better listen to me. You put them in environments where they're trying not to conform to the world because it's classic, it's culture, and it's accepted. And they're spending more time trying to become not like the world than they are being like Jesus Christ. Somebody's got to say, my house is going to be a house where my children can feel the presence of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. I choose to put them in the right atmosphere. I want everybody to shout, come out from among them and be his separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I say to every mom and daddy in this room, whatever you get in your heart is going to end up in your house. Be seated. Hallelujah. You know what the problem was with Eli? He allowed in his heart, in his home, what he condemned in his heart. Quit letting in your home what you condemn in your heart. It's a trap of the enemy. Let the church say amen. If you're mad at me right now, I'm probably not preaching to you. I come to preach to the hungry tonight that the devil's deceived. And I come to preach to the believer tonight that wants to be better. And beside all, he says, he says, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, Lazarus evil, but now he is comforted and thou tormented. Verse 26, and beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf. It's fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. What he was saying between hell and heaven. It appears to me hell can see heaven, but heaven can't see hell. Nobody can go from heaven to reach somebody in hell. What I try to do every single week, preaching the love of God, the mercy of God, the cross, Christ, there's no longer any ability for me to reach. You know, preach... Most of preachers reach. It's a pulpit. I come to tell you, I don't care who you are or what you've done. God loves you. And that's why Lazarus is laid at the gate. But I don't want to reject the love of God. There's one thing this church has been built on for many years, even before I got here, was the restoration and love of God. We're not going to lose it. But the love of God isn't to be polluted, diluted, kicked around, not accepted. Are y'all with me right now? Aren't you glad that one day you felt drawn to an altar because God loved you enough, amen, to give you mercy and grace? What he was saying was this. He said, I can't help you now I can't help you now uh, the Lord sent me to you tonight because you can be helped right now Bishop Ferris taught us he said don't ever override your conviction we talked about it today Sister Ferris quit overriding your conviction because somebody else wants you to if somebody's trying to get you to change your convictions. You need to remove them from your life. 
Come on, if that's changing your heart and changing your thoughts, you need to remove it from your life. That's not worth missing eternity. That's not worth going to hell over. Is there anybody hearing me preaching to you right now? Don't let anything change your heart, change your mind, and change your spirit. Stand to your feet all over the building. Lift your hands and call on the name of the Lord. Lord's dealing with you. You ought to come to the altar tonight and repent. I'm not going to beg you tonight. I preach with every bit of strength in me. Somebody needs to get on their knees and repent tonight. Pass me not, O oh gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. On, can you see eternity tonight? <laughs> can you see eternity tonight? Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.